If you have your Bibles for just a few moments, I'm going to take you to a very familiar portion of Scripture, but one that I have been drawn to much lately. And I pray that God would help guide my words tonight, that I would say what needs to be said. Good thing is, I'm still on the same batteries that I started with this morning. So if they run out before I get through, guess what? I'm just going to quit. Some of you are praying for battery failure right now. Second Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. There are several things in this passage that every time I read it, they come alive to me. Things that I didn't understand about the Apostle Paul that I realize are common to all of us. And so... Go with me for just a few moments to chapter 12, 2 Corinthians, and I will begin with verse number 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. He said, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. And of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory but in my infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I love that. I don't don't care what I have to go through as long as God's hand is on me. Amen. One more scripture, the book of Psalms, chapter 39, Psalms, chapter 39, and verse number 9. 
Psalms chapter 39 and verse number 9. The writer said, I was dumb. I opened not my mouth because thou didst it. Speaking of God. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about dealing with life's given. Dealing with life's givens. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. I believe the real key to life is not knowing how to pray the loudest. And it's certainly not knowing how to shout the most. I believe the real key to life is trusting God when life is so painful you can hardly bear it. When God takes you to school and He teaches you and the pain that you have to go through to learn some things is far more than any of us bargain for. I have discovered in life that Bad people are not the only ones who suffer. I have met more good people that suffer than bad. The best of men go through spiritual discipline. And they go through what I call the givens of life. They didn't ask for it. They didn't want it. It wasn't on their bucket list. It wasn't part of their top ten, but God gave it to them anyway. And when God gives you a problem, or God gives you a painful situation, you can pray as hard as you want to pray, and it's not going away. You can pray for things to be different. And you can say in your mind, as I am certain the Apostle Paul must have argued with God, God, if you will take this from me, I will serve you better. If you will take this pain away from me, I promise you I'll be the ideal saint. I'll be the perfect preacher. If you'll just take it away. But it doesn't matter how much you pray. There's some things that just do not move. They are given. You're learning in life how to live with them is the real secret to the overcoming life. Learning how to live when things are not ideal is something that all of us have to learn at some time or other because life is very seldom ideal. I think all of us, when we are young, have this image of what life is going to be and how everything's going to work out. But I dare say that most of you that are above 40 years of age tonight would not have written in many of the things that have been written into your life. The twists and the turns, 
the ups and the downs, the changes, the things that were given and the things that were taken away. If I had written the script of my life, it would have been much different than it has been. I have prayed like many of you have prayed for God to use me, only to find out that many times it's painful for God to use me. I have prayed like you have prayed that God would let me be an instrument of praise to him. And so in order to bring that about, he gave me a trouble that I could not get away from. Most of us love gifts. We love to be given things. But there are things that God gives that many of us can't handle. God has a way of giving things to us that we don't want, but we desperately need. There are times that God gives me what I want, and I am so thankful for that. How many of you would agree that God is a good God? Amen. How many times have I enjoyed the blessings of God because I prayed and God brought something to pass? But I have learned that that is just a small segment of living for God. There are times what God gives I do not want. A gift that nobody would cherish. God gives the strangest gifts. He gives burdens that bless. He gives pain that empowers and produces in my life. He gives adversity that actually advances my life. So often we do not recognize when God is really trying to work in our lives because of what we have been given. We think it's from the devil. And we think that it was the inspiration of the devil when the truth was it was God's idea all the time. And so many times we lose faith in prayer because we do not recognize God's answer to us. We pray for one thing, God gives us another And we get weary with praying and say prayer doesn't work when the truth is God gave us what we prayed for. We ask for strength, but God gives us difficulties which make us strong. We pray for wisdom, and God sends us a problem, the solution of which develop wisdom in our life. We prayed for God to prosper us. And instead, God gives us a brain and gives us brawn and tells us that if we'll go work, that dirty four-letter word, work, you will prosper. We We plead for God to give us courage. And so God gives us a danger to overcome. We ask God for favors, and so God 
gives us opposition. That's a disguised opportunity. So often we reject the very things that God sends to develop and strengthen us. And so it was with the Apostle Paul when God gave him this unwanted gift. A thorn in the flesh. A thorn that was a a known thing in his life every day that he lived. Every morning that he woke up, it reminded him. Every time he came home from a long day of work or ministry, it reminded him. It spoke to him in the night. It spoke to him as he went down the highways of Europe and Asia spreading the gospel. A thorn in the flesh. It was painful. It hurt. So deep was the hurt that it sent him to his knees. He was not a weak man and he was not a crybaby, but he wept many tears over this gift. He pled for God to take it away from him and and yet God let it remain. Dealing with God's given is not always easy to do. You know what? Some of you have been given a lot in life that you don't really like. You've had to go through some things that you feel like are unfair and unjust. And the truth is they are simply an answer to your prayer. You want to be used and so God takes you through the school of usefulness. And oftentimes it's a painful place to be. I've never seen any ministry develop from an armchair. I've never seen any life developed from sitting in the shade drinking lemonade and watching the birds fly by. But I have seen people grow. And I've seen young people develop that had to deal with things in life that they didn't understand but they accepted it as from God. And they said, God, if this is what it takes to make me what I need to be, then so be it. How often it is needed for us to remember that Paul was no different than we are. He wanted to be free from it. He wanted to escape, but God let it remain. What I am thankful for that Paul stayed with it long enough that he learned something. And in the learning, he has taught me how to live with life's given. And the first thing that I noted about the Apostle Paul was that he recognized it was an evil, but he he accepted it as a permitted thing by God for his purpose. That may not sound like much, but when you understand Paul's stand on that, it helps you understand how he took the sting away from the enemy. How much the devil would have cherished the recognition that this is my work, this is my doing. And yet Paul refused to give credit to the devil even though he was there buffeting him. He turned instead and realized 
that it was God working in my life. You know, it would do some of you good tonight to turn the table on the devil. Some of us need to quit giving him all of the attention that we give him. Amen. We need to quit heralding his praise. We need to quit talking about his accomplishment. Whether it is or not his work, the fact is it could only be in your life if God permitted it. As a child of God, I am not at the whim of what the devil wants to do. I am in the hand of an almighty God who will not, he will not, he will not allow anything into my life that does not first pass his approval. Amen. That right there can free you from a lot of fear and doubt. Because many times when we deal with life's givens, we are made to wonder what we did wrong. What, what, where did I turn? What, what did I miss? Why do I deserve this, God? When the truth is, it's not about deserving. It's about working something out in my life for my good. Amen. The Apostle Paul taught me that there are pains that come that if you will allow it to bring you to God, it can. But if you're not careful, it can drive you away from him in bitterness. And so the Apostle Paul allowed it to bring him nearer to God rather than drive him away from God. You know what? I made a discovery a long time ago that I have a choice in this matter. I can choose to be bitter or I can choose to get better. Amen. I can look around at life and say it's unfair and I can get mad at my parents and I can get mad at the church and I can get mad at the preacher and I can get mad at everybody around me because nobody's helping me get where I need to go or I can look up and realize that whatever it is that's going on in my life, God must have a reason for it and if God's got a reason for it, I need to stay in tune with him and find out what God is up to. Amen. He learned the hard way, but he learned anyway. Anger and lashing out is not the secret to success, but learning to accept the hand of God can be a real doorway of hope. You know what I've learned about the Apostle Paul is that he admitted that he needed it. One of the hardest things for me to do in life is to admit that I need what God's putting me through. And he needed it because of what he had already been given, a revelation, an understanding. And God knew enough about the Apostle Paul to know that if that went unchecked, there's going to be one prideful and arrogant guy and so God had a way of bringing him down and bringing him to a level that he understood that I need this in my life. I need correction. I need discipline. 
I need somebody that can stand before me and tell me no. Better than that, I need to stand before the mirror and tell myself no. I need to grow up enough to know that life is not always going to favor me with a cherry on top of everything it serves. That there are going to be things that I'm going to have to drink and eat in life that are not going to be the most palatable. But I am going to drink that cup because that's part of God's plan and God's purpose for my life. We learn wisdom from our weakness. We learn wisdom. And he reveals his tendency toward pride. He reveals that he needed this thorn to keep him humble and in touch with the less gifted. Maybe the reason some of you are going through the trial of your life is to keep you on my level so you don't get to feeling like you're better than I am because you're more gifted than I am. You see, God knows how to level the field. And at Calvary, folks, it is a level field. There's no positioning for higher places. At Calvary, we all stand on even ground. It doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, a barbarian or whatever. When you stand before God, there are no big eyes and little U's. And Paul learned that what God had given him was needed to keep him in touch with the reality that everybody's not as good as you are. What a revelation. Paul was taught by his trials and he was taught by his thorns. And he learned, oh my, how we need to learn. You know what I've discovered too? I've discovered that if I don't learn, I keep going through that same school. Paul learned. He learned why it was sent. He learned what it was meant to teach him. What it was in him that needed to be disciplined. You see... Every one of us have blind spots that we do not see in ourselves. Others may see it. Your spouse may notice it, but you don't see it. And so God gives you something in life that you never wanted so that you can learn about that blind spot so that it will make you more dependent on him and less dependent on yourself. And it will teach you how to conduct yourselves in times of pain. Folks, anything that makes you pray is not a burden. It's a blessing. And the truth is, some of us need a little more praying than others. Oh. And so God gives us something we don't want. So he can bring us to our knees where we'll be close to him. Amen. He learned out of his trial the grace of kindness. He learned to not be so short-tempered with everybody. He learned to not be so judgmental of everybody that was around him. A man who had been given such great revelations and understanding of Scripture. His prayer was answered but in a deeper way than he could have imagined. 
He wanted to know God in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Be careful what you pray because God will give it to you. He learned that the very weakness of his life was the source of his strength. And he learned kindness. Somehow I believe that what Paul went through tempered him. And it brought into him a love and grace that nothing else could have provided. It brought into his life a long-suffering and a tenderness toward others that had been missing in his life. And maybe, just maybe, the reason some of us are going through some of the givens of our life is because we need a little more kindness. We need a little more love. We need a little more long-suffering. It's amazing how short we can be with people sometimes, how ugly we can be. You know what I believe? I, I just had a revelation this afternoon. I know what would start the greatest revival this church has ever known. This is it. I'm not asking you to give up anything. This is what I'm asking you. If you spend as much time in prayer as you spend on Facebook, we'd have revival. I'm not asking you to give Facebook up. I'm just saying if you'll put as much time and effort into prayer as people do in keeping up with what's going on in the rest of the world, revival would break out in this place like we have never seen. And we can have that kind of apostolic revival that we need and we pray for. God, awaken this church to that revelation today. Amen. But God, temper us with a little more kindness. I, I hate mean-spirited people. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I just, I just don't like to be around people like that. I, I need to be around somebody that's been where I'm at, and instead of trying to condemn me, will reach out and lend a hand to help me get up. I need somebody that knows sometimes life's givens are not anything that we want, but we have to live through it. And we say, yes, Lord. If that's what it takes to get me to where I need to be, then let it be so. Because all that I really want is the hand of God on my life. All that really matters to me is not whether you approve of me or whether you accept me, or whether you ever acknowledge what I do, but what matters most is that God would say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't care what the world thinks about me right now. I have an idea what they think of me. I'm a narrow-minded, bigoted preacher. Maybe I am. But it really doesn't matter what they think about me. What matters the most is what God thinks. And Paul said, I come to the place in my life where I realize that if that's what it took for God's hand to stay on my life, then so be it. I would rather have God's hand 
and have a pain than to be pain-free and not have his hand. You know what? The reason some of us have to go through some of the things we have to go through is because there's some edges on our life that God's still trying to knock off. And we haven't quite gotten to the place where he can get them all off. And so he gives us. He gives us something that we really didn't want in order to get what we need. And that's more of him. Amen. God, don't ever take your hand off of me, even if it's a painful hand. Even if I have to keep going through this the rest of my life. Do you know what I find? Nowhere in Scripture and nowhere in history do I find that God ever removed that thorn from Paul's life. But you never hear him mention it ever again. There's some things that when you put them in the hands of God and leave them, God takes care of them. And the blessings that he gives in return far outweigh the pain that you may have to endure. Amen. So he said, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power may be of God and not of me. And that his hand would rest on me. I've tried to envision what that was like. The hand of God just resting on Paul everywhere he went. And Paul said, Lord, if you'll just keep that hand there, that thorn can stay all you want as long. It doesn't matter, God. The thorn doesn't matter anymore. The given doesn't matter. I'm not going to lose out. I'm not going to quit coming to church. I'm not going to get mad at God or bitter at people. I'm just going to accept it as God's work in my life and say, God, if this is what it takes, then take me to that holy place. Amen. Take me to that special place. God's givens are not always what we want, but they are what we need. And I pray tonight that somehow in this place, somebody who has been fighting and wrestling against some unknown thing that you just can't understand would find what Paul found, a release in Jesus, and understand that if it's there, it's there for a reason. Amen. Let's stand together. Some of us feel like if God would move it, we'd be better people. But the truth is, the pain is what will make us better. Amen. The pain will make us more sympathetic and more tender. It will make us more understanding. Amen. Amen. I am... I am thankful for the blessings of God on my life, but more than anything, I am thankful for the people that God has brought into my life at different stages that understood where I was because they had been there too. I've had a few people criticize me in the past, and I've had a few people that said, if it was me, I would have done this. But there have been others that have slipped up beside me and put their arm around me and said, you know what? I know what it feels like to be there. And I just want you to know I'm here because of the grace of God. And you're going to make it because of that same grace. Amen. 
What burden are you carrying tonight that you've been praying that God would take away, that you need to turn and embrace and say, God, if this is from you, then let it do what it was sent to do. What is it that we fight and wrestle to get away from that God's trying to give us to bring us to where we need to be? Why don't we quit fighting God's hand and embrace what God's doing and say, okay, God, God, if, if, this, is what, if this is what it's going to take for me to be the person I need to be, if it's, if it's this is what it's going to take for me to be the wife or the husband or the man or the woman or the young person, if this is going to grow me and develop me, then God, I accept that. I not only accept it, I embrace it. And I say, God, have your will in my life. Dealing with God's givens, not an easy thing to do. Trusting God when things are so painful that all you can do is cry the night away not always the easiest thing to do. But I promise you that if you can learn to leave it in His hands, He'll make it work for you. Amen. He'll make it work. I wonder if you just close your eyes right now. I don't, I don't know who God sent me here to preach this to tonight or for, but I know God sent me to speak to somebody that that part of you that's trying to get away from something really needs to turn and say, God, if that's, if that's you, if that's you, then so be it. Help me to learn what I need to learn. Teach me what I need to know. Help me to grow. I'm tired of being small minded and small spirited I'm, I'm tired of being thankless and kindless tired of being a grumpy hard to get along with person I'm tired of being arrogant prideful I'm tired of being mean spirited work your will out in my life work your will Have your way in my life tonight, God. Have your way in my life, Lord. Have your way in my life.